Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome into the three-player podcast. Um, happy to uh, try uh, start out a new adventure of Ocarina of Time. Um, we're going to be uh, starting off from the beginning, and we're uh, Ben from the. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm great at this. <laughs> <laughs> Doing better than I would, honestly. You are amazing <laughs> at this. Fair enough. You're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. Okay. Okay, I'll start off. Uh, I'm Tuba Swan. Um, I've had a lot of experience with this game. I've been uh, really looking forward to this. Um, and uh, getting ready to... Sorry, I got an echo in my, voice, in my headset. Uh, uh, excited to play this again. Love this game. Had a lot of experience with it. Um, and looking forward to talking about it. And yeah. Ben. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, I'm Ben from the Gaming Avengers. Uh, yeah, I play video games. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I should apologize right now. I'm very tired today. Uh, you're gonna see some nonsense come out of my mouth today. Perfection. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Yay. And Doom. All right, uh, I'm Angle Doom. I am a retro variety streamer, and I'm also a part of the CR Game Room. And uh, I was asked by Tuba and Ben to be a part of the three-player experience playing Ocarina of Time, and, and, and it's an honor to be here. And uh, I've never played the, the game before, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to the experience and sharing it with everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That was like the most professional uh, entrance. <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was fast. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Love it. Gold like, star of the that, night right there. Was yep. that Doom? Really? That's come out of Doom? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so this is a different style of podcast. We're going to be doing like a book, book, club, sl- uh, bl- a book club style. Uh, where what we're going to do is we're going to uh, play up to a certain point in the game, and then we're going to go over certain points of it, talk about uh, our thoughts and um, th- and our opinions about the way they've done things. Um, uh, going forward, um, uh, I've played a lot of Zelda games myself. I've played every single one of them, um, excluding, um, I think it was uh, one of the other ones in the past. Uh, usually try to 100% the games and stuff. Uh, ben, what is your experience with the Legend of Zelda series? Uh, I've grown up with it. I started with A Link to the Past. Um, grew up with Ocarina of Time. Grew up. Uh, we didn't have access to Majora's Mask right away, but basically every Zelda since and before I played, I, I missed out on a lot of the handheld games. Um, yeah, the handheld games are where I haven't dabbled in. Fair enough. Uh, What about your experience there, Doom? Um, I've actually known about the Legend of Zelda series since the original uh, Legend of Zelda that came out on the NES. But unfortunately, I didn't really uh, play it a whole lot. I really didn't understand a whole lot what was going on in the game. But I had a lot of friends who enjoyed the series, and uh, so I loved watching them play. Um, I I liked, uh, especially with the original Legend of Zelda, I had a roommate uh, when I was first dating uh, my my wife, and uh, he was really into Ocarina of Time, and I loved, loved just sitting there and watching him, because he was really good at the game. Um, He got into a a lot of advanced places I had never seen before in the game, and actually had finished it. 
Um, and I've watched a few people play it before, and Ocarina of Time always just seemed like that game. It was like just a lot of fun to play, especially for the series. Because, I mean, if you talk to anybody, like nine times out of ten, uh, Ocarina of Time is going to be their favorite. So I was really looking forward just to trying this game. <laughs> um, so there are many different versions of the game. Um, which version are you guys playing? I'm playing on one of the original gold cartridges. I had to take it out and look at it. <laughs> I, I think it's one of the original. It was. It's not the gold cartridge, but it's. Uh, yeah, I think like, it's. Looks like you. Looks like you have the second oh, edition. By the way, second look. edition. Okay. Okay, yeah. second edition. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> My bad. I don't even know what edition it is. Oh, no <laughs> worries. <laughs> and which one were you playing on there, Doom? Uh, I'm actually playing on the Switch version on the online uh, service that they have. Uh, if you have their online service, that you get access to the, the 64 games. So I'm actually playing through that. It's nice that we have the ability to do that now. You're not stuck trying to find old cartridges anymore. No, no, which is really awesome because I've always wanted to, to, to play this game. And, yeah, trying to, like, find a cartridge and find a good working 64 to sit down and actually play it. I, I do have it for the 3DS, and uh, I still haven't finished it through the 3DS or haven't got that far <laughs> into it. Totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I guess we uh, getting into the game now. We have the entire uh, the starting sequence. Um, having played this many times, uh, what was your experience watching it uh, again? There, uh, Ben. Uh, oh, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, when I restarted this, uh, I used this time to talk about announcements coming to the channel. Like I already know, like it. Uh, Great Deku Tree is like talking about how Link doesn't have a fairy yet. Um, there, there's a nightmare-esque type sequence that goes on. Um, so I, I use the time to make announcements and everything else. Fair um, enough. <laughs> uh, I, I guess like uh, looking back over the years, like this this cutscene has been. Uh, oh, I can talk about this. I can talk about this. Okay, uh, sorry. Um, I, <laughs> when this, like, first came out, I was about eight, six, somewhere in there. Eight, six, seven. Okay. Um, I used to actually have nightmares for a month straight from this game, just from that opening cutscene with Ganondorf, and he's, like, standing there all menacingly on horse. Oh, really? Mom. Yeah, so, um, uh, from a, like, life perspective, I guess, uh, this game was very integral to my, uh, like, accepting change and accepting that some things are just always going to scare you the best way is to just keep moving forward and keep keep being yourself so oh, that's that odd way for awesome. it to be very inspiring yeah very right. awesome <laughs> uh with it being your very first time ever seeing this uh well you've probably seen it before but your first time kind of sitting there and kind of really getting into it what was your initial thoughts coming into it, Doom? Uh, I was just really excited for the, the adventure uh, going forward. Um, <laughs> and at the beginning, and I'll admit, too, uh, when we first started it, I there almost came this close to my character be calling Butt. So that way, every time that they referred <laughs> to him, they would call him Butt. But I was like, no, 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 we better not do that. There can only be one name. It has to be Doom. So <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um <laughs> 
but yeah, uh, just setting up the whole story itself, because like I'm fairly familiar about the whole story of what's going on with the, um, with the Ocarina of Time. So I, I'm just excited for uh, to get into it, I suppose. So yeah, I mean, I think the whole way, just reading through the whole beginning of it, I'm just like, I'm I'm so ready to start this adventure through this game. Uh, I like that. That uh, makes me quite happy. Um, it's been one of my favorite games growing up, so oh, to hear that as a fresh perspective is always nice to hear. <laughs> um, another One very interesting is this is the very first kind of 3D Zelda game that kind of came out. Um, so to kind of experiment with all of the uh, mechanics and stuff, it's kind of interesting to kind of see how they played with it. Um, you can tell even when the, just flying with the Navi around, they really tried to show you what the system was capable capable of now. I mean, what was this? It was 97 or something like that when this came out? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but yeah, once you start off, you, get right, you, you go right into the world. The first thing they make you do is climb down a ladder, so it kind of really show off kind of the different kind of abilities and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts um, kind of getting to explore the, um, the, the forest again? I, uh, so my thoughts are, like, this is, you can tell this is, like, the tutorial area. It lets you get comfortable with the controls, how Link moves, how the jumping works. Like, there's those blocks to the north where you can jump around and get rupees. Um... You can climb stuff. You can you can crawl in little holes. You can um, talk to everybody, and they give you hints as to how to control Link. Um, so it, it uh, yeah, it's it's a nice little tutorial area to let you get comfortable with Link and familiar familiar my words uh, get familiar with um, everything that's happening and lets you safely explore fair enough yeah you can see kind of here uh with the, in the video there doom was exploring around the first time and he was uh noticed right away he wasn't allowed to leave the forest <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> it was well, like, what was your thoughts on the ex go ahead sorry oh, no, i was just about to say it was like when you first got up to him it was just like no if you go outside of here you're gonna die it's like what oh my god <laughs> <laughs> The earlier games definitely were not afraid of uh, throwing death and stuff into there, even though it was for uh, kind of rated as a kid's game. Oh, no, seriously. <laughs> I mean, like the whole thing going into it was just like, you know, um, it's like, wow, all right, then we better go back and figure out what we're doing. And, and, and I totally agree with Ben. Uh, for my first kind of like uh, playing around through like the the whole village and whatnot, you know, just kind of getting used to the whole controls or whatever, you know, I, I felt really good going into, uh, or going to the Deco tree and like getting into that first dungeon. Um, nice. so yeah, I really, really liked just kind of exploring everything that was going on in the town. And I, I guess it again, just looking forward to like exploring more, uh, into the game. Yeah. So before you can even go to the Deku Tree, you're stopped by a little character named Mido. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm curious, uh, when it comes to Mido, what was your thoughts on Mido? And when it comes to uh, even being able to access the area where you need to go find a sword and a shield, what was your thoughts about that? Uh, being an experienced gamer like yourself, how does it feel kind of being limited right off the bat? Uh, I thought it was kind of cool because it was like, okay, before you go any further, it's like, okay, you need to you need to know what you're doing. You need to know the exact basics before going into this. 
And I think I kind of appreciated that a bit, you know. Uh, it's not so much as just kind of like, okay, here's this, here's this, go. You know, it's like, okay, right. let's look at and just try getting comfortable with what we've got first. And then, you know, then we can go into more advanced tactics and, and going into that. But, but this guy right here, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, where's your sword? Where's your shield guy? <laughs> right? Uh, for you, Ben, uh, you've played this many, many times before. Uh, do you kind of feel like it, 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 does it feel more tedious or more of kind of like a speed challenge in order to see how quickly you can get to the tree? It, it feels more like a speed challenge now because uh, I, like, I don't even go up and talk to him anymore you know i just get the rupees get the sword uh if i need any more rupees get more rupees and then get the shield so yeah i, I just kind of grab the things i know i need and then just go talk talk to him right away fair enough um i like how the right off the bat there's different ways for you to acquire money it kind of shows you the different ways right uh did you guys find any of the uh, hidden rupees that are in the area i think i've uh, most of mine through like you know crushing rocks and running through the tall grass <laughs> <laughs> um i guess the next thing is once we finally uh, get our sword and shield we finally actually experience the first sets of enemies um what did you think about that doom having uh, experienced the uh, deku sprouts for the first time i think i died right there <laughs> 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 i think they were the ones that just shot up from the ground and didn't do like actually attacked i think it was either them or the second set that actually do attack but they killed me right there i was like well that happened <laughs> i was still trying to figure out how to block <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. They don't really tell you. It's kind of like a hidden thing where you got to hit the R button. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily enough, I think partially through the Deku Tree, it's like, oh, all right, figured that out. We've, we've got it now. We know how to block. <laughs> um, I guess the next big part is when we get up to the Deku Tree. I always love the music change coming up to this part myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, getting up there, you have the whole ominous feeling and kind of the impending doom that's kind of coming and then the slow speak from the deku tree ben with it being a uh, like once again multiple playthroughs and stuff do you yeah. kind of still kind of have any sort of kind of general feeling about what the deku tree is kind of experiencing here or what he's talking about um, does it sit with you lore wise or is it kind of just a thing yeah it sits with me lore wise just because like okay he talks shakespearean almost Yeah, yeah it, I guess he kind of does. It sets. Yeah, he, sets... He, de it, he definitely had the Thor speak going on. <laughs> I was just listening up when I was trying to read through it. I was just like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it sets the mood for the rest of the game, right? He, he's like this wise old tree that's like, by the way, uh, stuff's about to go down. I can feel it. Uh, also, I'm going to drop a bomb on you i've been cursed by this evil guy uh could you help a brother out <laughs> <laughs> and yeah for a new player that's really shocking too it's just like i'm already doomed it's like what <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and i love the throwback too to the old g uh, the original game too because like the very first level is like it looks just like a tree with a face on it mm -hmm. you know and you go into it so I, I thought that was really nice too. So a great homage to the original. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I was about to bring that up. Oh, <laughs> nice. I like nice. it. We're on the same page. <laughs> Love it. Um, so here's an interesting question. Um, when you never really get to experience kind of what Ganondorf is really able to do in this game, um, but uh, you kind of see kind of the effect he has on everything, like the cur- curse and everything, uh, just on the Great Deku Tree. Um, for you, Ben, uh, I was curious. Do you what is your kind of thoughts, kind of relating to the uh, how the rest of the series kind of takes the curses and magic and stuff? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I mean, I've always enjoyed like the whole magical like he's almost like a warlock type guy. Uh, uh, words are escaping. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um it's also kind of hard to really get into it with uh, only coming through the first dungeon but right. just kind of with the curse the curse and the dark man yeah it's like, kind of just <laughs> I, I don't know I've always been a sucker for like good versus evil stories so like that 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 hooked me in like right away um I mean I mean just take our name for example the, the gaming members uh, <laughs> fair <yeah>. enough <laughs> I've always enjoyed the the good versus evil fights. The, uh, I I do enjoy the fantasy aspects just because um, it, just because it takes place in a fantasy realm doesn't mean you can throw yourself onto like you, you can't throw yourself onto um other characters right like you can you can relate with them you can pretend to be them I don't know there's always been this. That doesn't really answer your question. I apologize. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's uh, still brings up some interesting thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um. So coming into this dungeon, you can definitely tell that there's kind of a sickness over uh, over over everything. You kind of see the how the it's kind of melding into the atmosphere. Um. I love the kind of details that they put into this game just to kind of give it that little bit of impede, like a urgency and stuff, just by simply walking in. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on getting in here and uh, just get it, trying to get started going through and kind of take down the creatures? So you can see Deku sprouts kind of growing everywhere, and as soon as you get up to the, up the up the vines there, uh, you suddenly see a bunch of uh, sculptulas. Yeah, the giant spiders when you got up to the top there uh, were definitely interesting. I, I love how they had like the the skull backings to them that were armored, you know, and you had to wait until they were belly first, but they have like this ominous toothy grin face, uh, on them, you know? So you already kind of have this feeling that like, yeah, definitely it's, it's hollowed out here. It's infected. It's, it's got these, these crazy looking parasites in here, you know? So it's like, I wanted to kill everything in there just to try to save the tree anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I guess going in for the first time, you don't technically know that the tree's going to die unless someone kind of mentioned it beforehand. It's kind of something that just kind of passes over quickly. Oh, right, right. Uh, what's your thoughts there, Ben? What Doom said, honestly. Um, uh, for, for your first time, yeah, you don't know. You think you can actually save him, mm. and you're like, no, get these monsters out of here. Exactly. Um, yeah. I always found it interesting that uh, the sprouts always have the same name as like the Deku tree. You think they'd be more correlated, like uh, in a f- friendly relationship, right. rather than. 
Oh, they might have yeah. been at one point, or maybe, you know, until the fact of being cursed had changed them over. Oh, that, that's an interesting point I've never thought about either. Yeah. Yeah. They could have been living in harmony until the curse kind of happened around, and then all of a sudden it just kind of, uh, I don't know, they turned on themselves. That's an interesting thought. I like that. that. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, and that oh, that would make sense, honestly, later in the game. Hint, hint, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> My bad. Um. Uh. So the next thing. Um. Did you? Um. A lot of people don't seem to realize this, but those Deku nuts are actually more of a useful item than what most people think. Yes. Did you know that you can actually stun these sculptulas with the Deku Deku nut while it's spun around, so it freezes, so you're not limited on your time frame. I did not know that. I didn't use that. I was saving all my nuts for a Goma. I'll get into that later. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, a lot of people don't realize uh, how useful the Deku nuts can be. So I always find it interesting to mention it. Yeah. (laughs) So there are a lot of people who don't use them at all. Like I didn't even think to use them. Yeah, I think uh, my first like like five or six playthroughs, I'd never actually ever used a Deku nut. I was like, oh, what's this for? And Same. then I moved on. <laughs> Same. Um, I didn't realize their usefulness, honestly, until I started doing randomizers of this game. Um, it, it's just so... They're so useful. Um, so I guess uh, once we start getting up here, we start getting ready to get our very first uh, kind of um, item. Um... Uh, right before um, the, uh, sorry, the, the slingshot. You come into a room with a Deku sprout, sprout uh, scrub, and then you find the slingshot. Um, curious, dude. What's your thoughts on uh, the Deku scrubs? <laughs> the Deku scrubs were hilarious. Like I knew you had to like you know had to reflect the their shots back to them to pop them out. I had no idea what to do after that. Luckily, <laughs> uh, Ben and uh, I believe the Brit Shafaro helped me out a little bit on that. Kind of gave me the shove in the right way. Eventually, we kind of got there <laughs> to be able to just, all right, we weren't trying to harm them. We just needed to speak with them. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but Watching other... on your playthrough. Oh, I was honestly impressed that you were able to actually knock the seats back into them without Z- uh, Zed targeting them. I no, I, I didn't know. I I had to Z target them until after the fact to try to speak to them. So I'm just trying to like at this point just just point my shield in the right direction, <laughs> kind of like just guiding it the right spot. And you can tell a couple of times where I've just I'm just like oh it's way off, just way off. <laughs> But they're they're amazing little characters, and I, I like them a lot. Uh, they they were hilarious. So <laughs> I hope there's more of them. <laughs> uh, I will tell you there is actually two types of Deku scrubs. There is the these the ones that you experienced in here, and there's business scrubs. Oh. Uh, they are basically the same, but they just have a different look to them. Well, that's awesome. Um, uh, I was curious, Ben, these are a, a big repeat to the series. Do you like their continued use, or do you think they're kind of overused? Uh, I, I like the continued use. Um, I especially liked, uh, how Majora's Mask handled them. Uh, uh, the, uh going into words. details, it, it kind of yeah. expanded on them quite well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's that's basically how I feel about it. Um, I've always 
Um, and I think, uh, not to quote the game director himself, but I believe he even said they're one of his favorite enemies in this game because you don't know what side they're on. They could be evil, they could be good, you just don't know. Uh, they're kind of more for themselves yeah, kind of creatures. Almost like, like a true after, neutral. <laughs> yeah, they're true neutral. Um, like, even after, like, just watching Doom's gameplay over there, um, you talk to them and then they help you after you, after they were, like, trying to, like, hurt you. So, I, it's just interesting from a... The, the way I see it is they're more kind of like a, a survivalist species. Yeah. Um, they're there to kind of, whatever they got to do to survive, they see someone coming at them, they're going to attack. All of a sudden, they're in danger. They're going to try and talk their way out of it. Yep. Oh, definitely. I can definitely see that survivalist there. It's just like, oh, oh no, okay, hey, hey, whoa, wait a minute, guy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret. Just don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. You know my brother's ever coming up? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so now we, yeah, now we have the, the slingshot, uh, kind of the very first kind of side item you get. Uh, what did you think of having it as a side item? Well, I loved it. I think I pulled it out a couple of times just to try to deal with threats. I was just like, all right. <laughs> my like, sword wasn't doing the trick at the time, so I would just like back up and use the slingshot. <laughs> oh, perfect. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the slingshot a lot. It's a, it takes a bit uh, of getting used to with aiming, uh, but I think once I've got it down, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of kind of preps you up for future items too, because uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes to first person view, which is kind of the first time they really kind of experimented with it. I thought they did quite well myself. I agree. Um, you also started to experience uh, the uh, alternate type of sculpture called the gold sculpture. Uh, ben knows what they're for, but what does your thoughts on them do? Um, I really don't know too much about them other than that they're collectible. Uh, like, I guess every 10 that you collect that you're able to get something for them. I'm not sure where we turn them on, uh, turn them in at. Um, but I guess I'm looking forward to uh, finding out. I'm hoping there's, uh, uh, I don't know if there's any kind of story behind them or if they're just something that you kind of have to collect. But um, I thought they were pretty cool. To... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, that they're in like peculiar <laughs> spots and then you have to find them. Like there's different ways to find them within the, the day and the night. Uh, so finding that out. So um, it really encourages exploration, which I love in a game. Um, as far as everybody knows me and those I love Fallout. So I love being able to uh, just explore the entire world to see where things are at. So um, yeah, I, I, I like them. <laughs> I think they're pretty cool. Uh, funny enough, a lot of 100% runs kind of die with the gold sculptulas because some of them are very well hidden. I can see that for sure. I, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, how many of them are in total within the game? Uh, I can't remember the count offhand. I think it's a hundred. Is it a hundred? Yeah, I so could that's be all. I think that, that's though. right. That's a lot to find within a whole game, so I, I can definitely see yeah. that for sure. And being very, very frustrating for a hundred percent runners, unless they know exactly where everything is. Right. Uh, for that reason, I've never a hundred percent of this game. I've done it once, but I didn't do it until the 3DS remake. Okay. What was the next one? Oh, um, so this game kind of explores your kind of different uh, types of fighting styles that most other games kind of don't. 
Um, Zelda has a habit of in incorporating kind of puzzle-like uh, systems where you also do kind of fighting as well. Um, with your first experience, Doom, what did you think of that type of gameplay? Um... I thought it was really cool. Are you talking like with uh, the Deku sticks and like the torches and whatnot, you know, how it has that kind of uh, mechanic to it? Yeah, there's stuff like that. And then there's the other things where you suddenly have a spider web, but you have no way to light it on fire or anything. So you just have to jump on it from a high height. And... I, I thought that was really, really cool. Like it took me a minute to even, and again, I think uh, uh, Ben and chat for giving me a little nudge on that one because I'm like, well, how the heck are you supposed to go? So I've been looking everywhere through and going through the same doors and whatnot, you know, and then uh, man, they had just mentioned gravity. And I was like, oh, okay. So just going off the top of that and falling through that giant spider web was really, really cool. Um, I love for even a game as um, as old as it is, Steel feels really, really cool even today. It, it, uh, yeah, it's just really, really awesome. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, how the puzzle schemes have been working on in Zelda, Ben? Uh... Some puzzles are really, really fun. Other puzzles are obnoxious. Um, I, I've always enjoyed the puzzles, as long as they're not obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, middle ground kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, I, <laughs> no, I'm not saying it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if it's a spoiler, I, yeah, we'll it's, a, it's a spoiler. I'm going to start so, getting nervous. When like, we every get there. I'm going to be like, is this the one? Is this the one that's going to be hard? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the next big thing to talk about um, is kind of getting down, and you start to experience a different type of enemies. Like, eventually you find the, uh, the, uh, the baby gomas, See if I can find them again here in the video. I should have made markers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, <clears throat> uh, in the video there, I just noticed something there. Um, I like how the Zelda series always kind of likes to reward you for reaching certain points and give you shortcuts and stuff. Um, I don't know if you ever uh, did it there, Doom, but there's actually a block there where if you push it, push it over the edge of the water, mm -hmm. it activates a shortcut. Really? See, I had no idea I, on that. I thought you needed that shortcut to be able to yeah, light. The, I light do, as I say, I think I use it later on to be able to light. Uh, there's a certain path I need. I think either light one of the torches or there's uh, something being blocked by spiderweb that can actually burn oh. down. Yeah, yeah, no, you're correct. You do actually do need to hit it. My apologies. <laughs> then the little spider guys, the little eyeball guys, when they first popped up and I first saw them, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and then again, I was still trying to get my targeting to work and whatnot and still kind of getting used to combat. Uh, especially with multiple enemies, since you can only like uh, lock on to one. I, I did find yeah, it useful if I could put myself and another enemy in front of uh, the one I'm targeting. So I could try to eliminate that to get to the one that's behind it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that's an interesting way to do it. Uh, what did you, uh, what do you guys think about uh, kind of the consumable nature? Like in this one, where if you let your uh, stick stay uh, lit too long, it'll you'll burn your stick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I always like the realistic part of that, you know? It's just like you can't leave it on fire and it's just going to be just fine. You know? Right. The fact that it actually, you know, burns away. I, I like that kind of uh, thing in the gameplay, and especially in games. It makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, um, is there anything else in this particular dungeon that you guys found interesting before we touch on the, uh, the, the boss of the area? Uh, the different textures of things, the to whether or not if you can climb up or not, uh, I I find that uh, really really fascinating within this game. Not only like in the Deku tree, but like when, when even outside. When, I know getting a little bit too far in what we're we're talking about and stuff like that. I I just thought that was really really cool. I, again, just kind of leads into that exploration of everything into a game. Um, right. So again, I'm just going to be kind of like looking at everything, all the surfaces or whatnot, to be able to see if I can climb up that way or not or uh, if that's just a way to explore, to have something that's maybe hidden or that I didn't see before or whatnot, you know. So I always thought that nice. was really cool. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Ben? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it it teaches you that um, keep your eyes open for little... Because um, there are some puzzles where later where like you do need to keep your eyes open for stuff like that. So it, it's a nice little, like, nod to the future as well uh yeah so i guess the next big part was doing the battle with goma um what do you i'm curious uh, i'll start with you ben what's your thoughts on the uh franchise's continued use of goma i think almost every single zelda game has a goma yes um it it works in certain games like oh um I'm going to compare this to Skyward Sword. Everyone's going to roll their eyes. Uh, <laughs> the Goma in that game, it is just, you, you find the bow, cool. I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot it in the eye. Um, and I mean, like, even this game has it, if you played the original, uh, A Link to the Past. If you've played those, you'll know you're about to shoot something in the eye. Um... This game handled the atmosphere of this fight so much better, though, because it 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 closes the door right behind you. Um, It's dark. It's very dark. Like at times, the only thing you can see is Goma's eye. Um, I I appreciate that much more. It it, it teaches you like this game will get dark. Like you you're gonna have to be prepared for for uh, dark atmospheres. Um, it, it's, it's much of a rounded fight, because this is your bir- first big fight in the game, um, my mind is all over the place, uh, it, it's your first big fight in the game, so, like, from a, from a gameplay, like, even when some of us who started this game as kids, like, this is a huge deal, uh, it's a dark atmosphere, you can't leave, uh, you're stuck in a room with Goma, and you have to fight her. I mean, I felt that even through with my uh, gameplay, I had walked in and I'm literally running around like, what? I can't even find what's going on in here. I literally ran, mm-hmm. I think, the room a couple of times until finally I think debris started falling down and you just finally look up and then there's this ominous eyeball just looking yeah. right down at you. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I, yeah, I really love this fight myself. Just walking in, it's uh, you don't know what to expect. And uh, I... Th- 
I agree with uh, what both you guys said. It, they did, they handled it very well. Was kind of introducing the uh, go uh, kind of the big boss battles and trying to figure it out. Then having this also be the very first three three D kind of Zelda game and have a creature climbing up on the ceiling like right off the bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really love that I'll, and the uniqueness of trying to uh, uh, of of this boss battle. Yes, it is. You're shooting the eye, but uh, the kind of the way it's set up. I really love that. Right. Well, and even, like, some other games, they don't move around as much. Uh, Goma, like, will, after you stun her and hit her in the eye a couple times, she will climb back up on the walls and yes. interact with the environment. Like, that's that's something to take into account, too. Uh, I'm curious, Doom, on your first playthrough, what uh, what was your thoughts on trying to figure out how to deal with Goma? Well, at first, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, oh, well, as you can see, you can see that the eye is a weak point. At least that's what Navi's trying to tell me. I, I didn't get it at first that I had to stun it with the, my slingshot first, and then I could hit. So, as you can see, I just went up there and just kind of, like, just start attacking it, you know? Just start going right at it. And, yeah, that, that didn't work. <laughs> and Link paid the price for that one, unfortunately. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but again, with a little bit of help and a little, um, not like uh, spoiling, I would say, but a little nudge in the right direction, you know, uh, we were able to finally figure it out, and it was it, it was fun. I mean, the battle itself was fun, and I can definitely see where Ben was saying it's, it's like it's your first big boss battle, and it really felt ominous, and it felt like, okay, this is the first boss battle. I can't wait to see what the other ones are going to be like to go through this game, because I mean, just seeing just how that one was. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the other bosses are going to be in this game. Yeah, I know in the in the more modern titles, they kind of started to stem away from the heart containers and stuff. But uh, having just literally grabbing a heart container for your health, what was your guys' thoughts on that? Uh. Rather than like you get you don't walk up to something and say, "Hey, you feel you feel more mighty," you get another heart. It's just you actually have to collect a heart container in order for it to be there like there is people out there who will do a right. three heart run they won't collect anything oh wow uh, they just do everything with only three hearts that would be tough yeah they like to flex yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done a three heart tuba uh i attempted one i don't remember if i ever finished it okay it might be something that would be fun to try again another time fair yeah, no way. I'm going to have to collect those heart containers. In fact, I'm going to have to find as many as I possibly can. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we finally finished the battle, and we finally get the... Uh, a lot of people complain about how long the scene is and how the uh, Deku Tree kind of explains absolutely everything, including how <laughs> how Link got there. Um. What was your thoughts on how they introduced the scene there, uh, Doom? Uh, I thought it was great. For me, it was a great introduction of everything that's going on. uh, And so I could really appreciate it. I mean, you kind of get the dream sequence at the beginning, you know, that kind of gives a little bit of context. But the Deku Tree, like, hey... This is what's going on, man. It's just like I know I kind of put it through your, uh, put you through your paces inside there. You know, it's really kind of vague about what's going on. So. Here it is. <laughs> this is what's going to have to happen. Um, I thought it was really cool. Uh, what's your thoughts on this story in particular, Ben? 
Um, I know you've liked, uh, liked a lot of the other stories to do with the series, but what about this one? Does it uh, sit kind of with you a certain way? It, uh, it does. Like, this game is... Uh, the story is awesome. Um, one of the strongest in the series, honestly. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's kind of the very first time they really tuck, touch on the different right. goddesses. They talk about them in previous titles. Right. But this is the first time they really start, this is what they did for the world. Yeah, well, for you, sure. Um, you really, I was just going to just comment. It's like, as far as like the, the whole lore about everything going on, this is your first 3D experience with like cutscenes and everything else. It really kind of explains the story going into it. Like the original uh, Legend of Zelda, unless you read the, the book, to it you didn't know any kind of story going into it you know there was really no kind of advertisement or anything that goes like towards uh the lore of this game so for this going into it and like you were saying seeing like that history of what the triforce is where it came from these goddesses and like the history of hyrule this was great you know i I think this is why i always wanted to play this one yeah that's basically what i was gonna say i was gonna use a link to the past (laughs) as context but yeah (laughs) Fair enough. <laughs> both are great games. Yeah, 100% <laughs> recommend both of them. Uh, I know my very first Zelda game was the uh, actually the um, Link's Awakening, the one for the Game Boy. Ooh. Nice. Uh, you said yours was the original Zelda Doom? Uh, yeah, and really didn't get too far into it. I, I've most recently, I think last year, was trying to actually get through it, and I've never like conquered a Zelda game. So the only ones I've really played has been the original Legend of Zelda and, uh, well, now this one going into it. Nice. Uh, I don't think I've ever asked you, Ben. Which one was your first one? My first was actually A Link to the Past. Uh, oh, all right. No, except I was a dumb dumb little kid. Uh, I, I mentioned, like, I was six or eight. I didn't play this until I was six or eight. Um, this is, like, the first one that got me into the series, but uh, I used to think beating the game was getting Zelda out of the dungeon right away. <laughs> I won! Wait. Yeah, w- wait a minute. Why does my dad's file have so many cool items? I just have a sword and a shield. I don't get it, whatever. And with yeah. with the original, the old uh, NES version, just like any old NES game, if you didn't know where you were going, it was really hard to figure out. As, as a kid at that time, you kind of wanted more of uh, an, an instant gratification as far as games went. Uh, you really had to like get into Zelda unless you had like a guide or whatever for a kid. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, so uh, what did you guys think? Zelda kind of uses this quite a bit. Uh, they make you collect kind of stones or other types of things. Do you like these types of like kind of fetch quests where you have to get these mystical, magical items in order to progress? Well, I mean, it doesn't bother me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I wish... Uh, I know, in this case, I know I really liked how they incorporated, like, the spiritual stones. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it makes for, like, uh, special little items you can get. Uh, like, I know I have this little one that I kind of have sitting here. Uh, I love the, the looks of it, and the it wouldn't have been possible without them kind of incorporating it into the game. I got you. Yeah. No, I oh, think again, so it, it leads a lot into like more of the lore and stuff like that, the kind of things that they put in there. So you've got the spiritual stones that go along with like the, the Triforce itself, and then the Master Sword, and then the uh, the, the iconic shield, of course. Um, I guess the next big sequence that kind of comes up is you kind of leave the forest for the very first time, 
As you're doing so, you kind of the you get talk, talk with Saria. You don't really have much interaction with her, but I thought they had an interesting way of making it seem like there was a very emotional connection between the two. Uh, what was your guys's thoughts on that? How about what's your thoughts on that, Ben? Um, yeah, you get the sense of, like you're leaving your best friend behind. Um, because like everyone else, uh, Mido. Uh, all the other ones kind of treat you differently because you didn't get Navi until just now, like this very day. Um, we, I, which I, I guess we didn't really touch on that. Um, but uh, when when we start the game, you don't have a fairy at all, uh, and you're the fairyless kid, so everyone kind of views you differently. Um, which, which makes it relatable because they were like bullies. Everyone saw you as different. Um, but Saria was still your friend, and she was like, Hey, by the way, Great Deku Tree wants to talk to you at the very beginning. So, I mean, it, it, you, for context, it feels nice to be like, Oh, I need to go my own path now, I guess. Uh, what was your thoughts on it for your very first time, Doom? Uh, uh, like, you have this whole emotional scene right as you're trying to leave there. Yeah, at first I was a little bit confused, but then, uh, like Ben was saying, like at the, at the beginning when you first see her, when you first get contacted by Navi, and she's very excited for you, obviously this is your, your very best friend, because she was, like, the first person you see as soon as you climb down your ladder, you know? Other than the fact that you just got this, this fairy and you're about to start this adventure because you were summoned by the Great Deku Tree. So leaving and her giving you that ocarina, like something that's obviously very personal to her, that you, she still wants you to keep that connection. Now, like, obviously you were different. You were meant for something, I guess, greater in destiny, and destiny, and she kind of knew that going forward. So she knows she's going to miss you. Like, yeah, you're, you're leaving your best friend, the one person that was always there for you. So now you've got to go out and into the world and do your thing now. And she may or may not ever see you again. So, yeah, that's... That was a pretty little sad scene right there. Um, it was really cool. Again, it, it, it puts just so much depth into this game to what it was. Speaking about the depth of the game, um, I, one thing I really appreciate about this game um, is uh, as soon as any kind of event kind of happens, you can literally talk to anyone else and their dialogue changes depending on how the story is interacting. Um, yeah. The, with a lot of games, usually you get with your NPCs, you always have the same dialogue every time. Personally, I really like that they give the kind of modify the world changing and their their dialogue changes it gives a more realistic approach. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I didn't do this in my playthrough, but um, I should have talked to the NPCs after the Great Deku Tree dies. But they get uh, the a lot of the NPCs who told you how the buttons work are now very scared because they don't they don't know what happened to the great deku tree uh even mido himself takes it on himself to blame you for it um mm. uh, so it, it's it's an interesting change of perspective uh because they just their 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 father figure just died like they don't know what they're gonna do now They all have a very kind of like childlike minds too, so yeah. they really, really kind of grasp, grasp what has happened. They just know that their main fig, uh, main person that kind of guides them is just gone. Yeah, kind of gets really deep in really quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and the whole fact that you've got to kind of leave at that point anyway it's just like you know you really can't stand or couldn't stay there anyway you know all they knew is like he was fine before you went in there yeah. <laughs> pretty much and right. then you come out and this happened it's just like yeah yeah no you you've got to go you've got to go and yeah. figure out this whole thing so that way it's just like hey you guys i i didn't do this right so I guess we're going on to the next portion, your very first look of Hyrule Field. And then all of a sudden you're stopped by Kaporo Gabora, the owl. <laughs> uh. Having talked to them before, uh, to this particular owl before, what what do you usually do at this sequence, Ben? Do you do what everyone else does? Uh-huh. <laughs> Press and hold that B button. <laughs> <laughs> And then hope you don't press it again. Yes, oh, if you press it again. I did it. I did it twice to the owl on my playthrough when I was doing it. Oh, uh, yeah, it uh, happens. It happens. Uh, what was your thoughts on the owl, Doom? Uh, I thought the owl was really cool. And, and especially just how, depending on how his head is, he literally has like two faces. Um. Yeah. So it's like, do I trust this owl? Do I not trust this owl? <laughs> Obviously, he's got good information. You know, he's got helpful hints and stuff like that. You know, but uh, is that going to be different later on? What's going on with this guy? But uh, <laughs> I thought he was a really cool character. I will say, lore-wise, yeah, he's a cool character. Just gameplay-wise, he talks too much. <laughs> That's that's my only complaint. Sorry. I love how the game developers knew you were going to just try and skip all the dialogue to on a second playthrough, so they literally swapped the yes and the no, (laughs) so you accidentally (laughs) hit it. That's hilarious. Every time. (laughs) Every time. Oh, did you want to speed through this here? Just go ahead and listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need me to repeat that? You Uh, got it. (laughs) Do you wish for me to not repeat that? (laughs) No, wait a minute. Yes. Um, oh god, no. <laughs> um so yeah, as you're exploring a Hyrule field, um you kind of experience your first kind of your night cycle and then all of a sudden you have the stall childs coming at you. Um having it be your first time, what was your thoughts on these enemies, dude? I thought it was hilarious. I got right up to Hyrule Castle. Just for them to raise the drawbridge going, nope. <laughs> it's like, it's not even dark yet. Oh, I can't open this thing. <laughs> um, the stealth, or the, the skull guys coming out. That, again, that's where I was just like, uh, I wasn't having a whole lot of luck with my sword and shield. So that's when I pulled out the slingshot. And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> this little seed target. seemed to be working out for you. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was great until all of a sudden it's just like, those seeds go quick. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you did find out uh that the deku nuts were effective at uh, stunning them um, uh i missed that part before <laughs> uh it was by accident <laughs> you know literally by accident the first time it came through and all of a sudden they stunned it was like oh okay <laughs> uh what is your thoughts on the stall ch- uh stall children there ben uh, your first time, they're scary, because you're like, oh no, it's nighttime, they come out of the ground. Uh, now as an adult playing through this once again, like, these, uh, they're, they're little chumps, uh, 
<laughs> you, you can kill them easily with two swings, or if you were glitching the game like I was, one hit. Um, but yeah, it, it's... It, it gives you the sense of, like, oh no, I have to get where I'm going very fast, otherwise those kids are gonna come out of the ground and start wailing <laughs> on you. Uh, uh, one one thing I find interesting about the stall the stall children is uh, if you actually keep defeating them over and over again, eventually you get the super oh, stall child yep. where it's just really really tall, and you get more rupees out of it if you defeat it. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so if I you just it. sit out there and you keep on defeating them, all of a sudden a bigger one will come out. Yeah. It's scary. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'll have to try yeah. that out. A uh, little fun little side thing for you. Did you know there's also hidden rupees at the top of the gate? I did. I did not. <laughs> yeah, you can stand on the top and you'll go up there. If you walk along the drawbridge, there's a whole bunch of twenty rupees up there for you to collect. Oh, that's... so if you're ever short on cash. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, when it comes to Hyrule Field, is there anything that you guys uh, wanted to uh, t touch base on before we get into the castle itself? Or to uh, Castle Town? Um, no. Uh, I just want to mention that it's, compared to like people who grew up playing the Super Nintendo and Nintendo, like, it's a big, giant world. And that was huge at the time. Like That was a huge world. Like, uh... That was like uh, when Breath of the Wild came out recently. Um, it, it felt like it was just bigger on a scale of, oh, this is where gaming is leading up to. So I'm, I, I, that's just an interesting little. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> uh, so the next thing you do is you start getting into the uh, the castle town. Um, Right off the bat, if you actually start talking to everybody, you'll find that one of the guards right by the front entrance has uh, the um, the key Zelda phrase that's in every single game. Uh, it's a secret to everybody. <laughs> a lot of people miss this one, so uh, luckily the developers thought about this and still wanted people to find it, so Zelda also manages to say it later on. That's yes. awesome. Um, you can t uh, I can tell you were in your playthrough here, Doom, as we're watching, uh, you, you found the room of pots. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> how satisfying is it to just go around completely destroying pots in Zelda? Oh, I mean, that was, that room was a lot of fun. I mean, just kind of walking in there, you know, you kind of get that sense of even for old Link there, his eyes just widened up. He's just like, oh yeah, we're not controlling ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> and just start smashing clay pots everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I didn't leave until I got every single one. It's like even I had to position myself again with the slingshot just right, just so I could get that last clay pot. <laughs> Love it. I think that was my favorite thing about your playthrough was you 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 took the time to make sure to shoot that pot. That was all yeah. high. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I wasn't leaving until it was done, and it was like, okay, satisfaction. Now we can leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, coming into Castletown, uh, one thing I really liked is they give you uh, a general actual town kind of feeling coming in, coming into here. Um, what do you guys think about of how well they did well, um, with uh, trying to incorporate a real-life village? Obviously, uh, you can talk to almost everybody, and then there's other people who are just kind of there living. 
kind of give that general atmosphere of an actual living world. Again, for when this came out, just like, you know, amazing. Just just amazing what they were able to do with this game for the time. Um, I, again, with just having, uh, being a Legend of Zelda game, being the first 3D one and just immersing yourself just into this whole world of Hyrule, you know. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing what they were able to do. Uh, what, what's your thoughts about Castletown, Ben? Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you on a multiple on multiple playthroughs? Uh, the uh, yes, but I can't get into it until later, because like this town is very <laughs> active and bustling, and there there's people there there is a uh, people like uh to the left there on uh, Doom's playthrough. There's those people next to that little market shop thing. Uh. There, there's people, you can just, there's this sense of, it's a lively, active town, there's always something going on. Um, and it, uh, this is where I can't talk about it anymore, because it, it's just <laughs> such a love, lively town. Uh, it, it's, it's a great, it gives you the sense that there are people that live in this town, so yeah, that's... Well, I feel like there's a lot that's going to be happening in this town, because I mean, I was only here, I think, during the day. And then I, I think I was watching through your playthrough, Ben, and you were here at nighttime, and there was whole other things going on. Yeah. And again, yep. so like the the activity that's going on during the day is so much different. What's going in through through the night, and, and yep. I'm really lucky, and I'm really glad that you were able to tell me. It's like you're going to be able to go back. You're going to be able to go back and get those things that you've missed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I figure there's got to be a lot going on in this town. Yeah, one thing I absolutely love about this game is it kind of gives you that night and day life, and um, and there's there is stuff that you can do to kind of just integrate yourself more into the world, and it re it does reward you for kind of doing that exploration and stuff. I, I'm not going to go into details because I'm hoping you find it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you kind of just get in there and um, it, it just adds to the world. Something I've, I I really like. Um, uh, it, great great uh, part about this game <laughs> um, I guess the next segment we have is when you finally get out into oh, I guess you have your different types of shops uh, they're not all open at the moment uh, but uh, you can definitely tell they're they're useful well I, I like the fact that there was like the different arcade games and stuff like that in town you know they had like the the shooting gallery with your slingshot and I think there's a um, there's something else in there, like another game. I, I can't remember. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had the, the, the potion shop, which, again, I love the whole throwback to the original Legend of Zelda again with the, the thing. I was almost even thinking that you were going to have to have, like, bring a note into the place to be able to buy potions, you know. I th <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that was the thing and stuff like that, though. But I thought that was really cool. Uh, I guess, uh, oh, um... It looks like you did explore up to the Temple of Time there. Um, what was your thoughts and kind of the general feel coming up to it? Oh, the Temple of Time itself? Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. And again, that's definitely going to be a location that's going to be important later, obviously, once you got to collect the other stones and whatnot, you know. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what progresses there. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the design about it say, in compared to more modern games, Ben? Um, well, it's fully built. Like more of the modern games have been, it, it's 
it's old. It's, uh, the passage of time has kind of hurt its look, per se. Um, yeah, I like that they uh, they try to reference it as much as they can in future titles. Yeah. Future titles. It's, uh, oh, yeah, I'm thinking Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. Sorry. Um, so this is the first time that they kind of really used uh, the um, the Gossip Stones. Did you uh, try experimenting with them at all, Doom? Um, I'm not real familiar. No, I didn't actually. I, I think I might have. Are you talking about the... I, I know we're kind of watching the playthrough here and all this, but I know the pockets are able to see that. But the, the ones with, like, the eyes and, like, the the kind of, like, uh, the smiley faces? Yeah. Uh, no, I really didn't. I think I went up and, like, looked at one, but that's as much as I did. Okay, I'm not going to go ask my next question then because you haven't experienced it yet. <laughs> uh, I guess the next thing is uh, getting up to the gate, going up to Hyrule Castle. Uh, what was your guys' uh, kind of initial thoughts getting in there, uh, having the gate blocked and running into the owl again? Uh, security is tight, yo. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Like nobody that's an understatement. Yeah, nobody's getting in to talk to Princess Zelda, and that's a nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little little fun fact. Uh, there is a way that this uh, you'll probably see it coming up here. Uh, my very first time ever playing this, I did not know that Vine was climbable. Uh, so my first two playthroughs, I had no idea you could do that. Uh, so by talking to that guard going through a day-night cycle and then coming back, you can actually bribe the guard to open the gate for you. I never See, knew I that, had, honestly. I didn't know that either until I saw your playthrough while we were watching. <laughs> and it was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I had no idea that you could climb that vine, so that was the only way I could ever get in. And then all of a sudden, um, I think I was running around frustrated because I had forgotten you needed to go through a day-night cycle and he wasn't opening the gate for me. So I was just running around and accidentally touched the vine. That's how I found out you could climb it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, when it comes to these types of quests, what do you think of the uh, Avoid Eyesight quests in the in the Zelda series, uh, Ben? I, I enjoy stealth sections in games uh, just because it, it makes you feel like you don't have to run in sword, sword in hand swinging wildly is trying to get all the enemies uh i always appreciate stealth sections in games it, it makes you think and perceive your world and your environment and it, it it's it's nice to actually have stealth sections in games uh what was your first um thoughts on experiencing this uh do uh, i thought it was kind of interesting uh, leading up to it and stuff like that, I, I again kind of got a little bit uh, a nudge from chat and stuff like that saying, I, I think it was Ben even quoted, it's like, it's Metal Gear Solid time. <laughs> so that, going, that's a great nudge. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so we need to stay out of everybody's sight. But I think they end up coming up to one part where I was like, I had no idea how to get past them. Um you get through the initial one here because of that. And I had the hardest time trying to get up that vine. Uh, <laughs> but I think past the, like the, those, the, the second set of guards, I think when you get just right up to the castle, I had no idea. And again, that's where that exploration I can appreciate comes through. And I was just like, okay, maybe it might be this because it looks like it's different texture. And yeah, lucky enough, that was just the way to go. So, 
And of course, yeah, I didn't get it through the first time because I was just like, hey, kid. I was like, oh, great. He's just going to be able to get me every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to skip ahead in the video uh, to the inside the castle portion. So once you get past in there, um, uh, did you guys know about the next set of hidden rupees that are in this area? Oh, no. Yes. So the uh, if you rate as your uh, as you can see in your playthrough there there is that waterway that you're kind of trudging along trying not to fall into. Uh, if you jump in that waterway, there's a whole bunch of hidden rupees right down the middle there, and then uh, there's actually a spot there you can climb up and it gets you past those last set of guards. I'll be, oh yeah, because I did. I see you jump through the water instead of me just kind of walking around and stuff like that. You jumped right in there. Um, I guess the next thing you find is you kind of find Talon kind of passed right out. Doesn't matter how long you sit there, he will sleep. Yep. <laughs> A.K.A. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Discount Mario. <laughs> uh, little little fun little Easter egg they did. Um, it, looking at uh, Talon's uh, sleeping animation, it is the same as Super Mario 64's Mario. Uh, if you sit there long enough, he'll sit there and sleep on his side in oh. the exact same position. I did not know that. That's awesome. I didn't know that either. Um, did you guys try to explore the uh, courtyard with uh, it at nighttime or daytime for the first time? For the I first was... time, it was day. Yeah. For some reason, I always have bad luck in this game, and I always manage to hit it at night. Um, oh, if oof. you cannot do this seg segment at night, there's two guards standing at the hole ready for you. I, I think I've seen you do that as well during your playthrough. I, the exact same thing <laughs> happened again in your playthrough. I think you tried to climb through the hole, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, guy, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I entered in as it turned to night. It never fails for me. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I guess the next thing that kind of happens is the, the courtyard. Uh, is there um, a part that you guys kind of struggled with getting in through here? Uh, well, I was taking this whole courtyard thing as a joke, and I was trying to get the rupees. So <laughs> my playthrough, <laughs> I got caught like three times. Uh, I can do it where you, I don't get caught at all. But um, yeah, I was trying to grab those rupees there because I was like, I'm going to flex on chat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I got, yeah, when you... <laughs> yeah, I got punished for it severely because I got caught three times. <laughs> what one thing I love about um, uh, games like this when you start doing speed, uh, sorry, uh, re replays of it, you start trying to do those weird challenges. <laughs> um, did you have any particular sections you struggled with on this one, Doom, or did you kind of just fly through it? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I got pretty lucky, I felt, going through this. Again, kind of having that nudge of, uh, you know, make sure nobody sees you. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got like I think there was the last part right where you, right before you get to, uh, the, to Zelda there in the courtyard. Um, there's like a, a whole ring of um, hedges and whatnot, you know, and I didn't know if the gentleman was going to turn around right at that same time or, or take a right to go the other way. So I just darted for it. I was just like, it's just heck or high water now. So we just kind of <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, 
So uh, in my playthrough, I kind of showed it off a little bit, but there is a couple little secrets into uh, once you get in here, when you start looking into the other windows and stuff. Um, I think you were there when I was uh, kind of showing it, Doom. What was your thoughts on those weir those little secrets? I, I thought that was a really, really cool nudge. I, I had no idea that those pictures were in the one room, and uh, I, what was it? You could uh, um, throw something in the one window, and it would, they throw a bomb back out? I, I thought that was really hilarious. You know, it's like, hey, what are you trying to do? Here's a bomb. <laughs> I, again, I uh, just for the time that this game came out, these little nudges and these little things that just kind of make the game going just that much further into it. I, this game is great. I, I, I I'm, I'm just going to keep saying that through this whole time. This is. <laughs> Uh, what, what's your thoughts on these uh, particular kinds of secrets, uh, Ben? <laughs> it's a nice, it's a fun little nod. Um, I, I love the Mario pictures in the wall or in the in that picture. Um, to be like, hey, uh, these people exist too. You you should go check them out too. <laughs> um, I I always appreciate when video game companies do that. Like that's how I got into Metroid was through Super Smash Brothers, so, like, I, I always appreciate, yeah, I, I never even heard of Metroid before, or even Sam, whoever Samus was, I didn't even know, um, yeah, so I, 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 I appreciate when games do that, because it get, it usually leads you into exploring other video games, and what you might like, and dislike, so, yeah. Uh, I know uh, uh, part I really loved about it is when you find little secrets like that by accident, it makes you try to find more of them yep. to see what else is out there and kind of adds to the exploration portion for me. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love to do in lots of my gameplays is I like to try to find the little secrets and little extra stuff you can find. It's always been a, a fun little thing for me in a brand new game. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you guys kind of like stick out to try and find in when you do a first playthrough? I just like to explore everything. I always want to take a take a look at like all the environment and see what the world's got to offer. Again, you never know if you're going to find that one secret thing, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, once you get up here, you start having the conversation with uh, Zelda, and she kind of tells you what's going on and uh, stuff like that. Did you like kind of how cautious Zelda was until you kind of confirmed her prophecy kind of visions? I know it's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was interesting because, I mean, what if you just kept on saying no? <laughs> like, you promised not to tell anybody? No, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> that's, that's, I like it. Uh, what's your thoughts on it, Ben? Um, I, I appreciate it from, like, a character standpoint. A link to the past. Uh, when you When you rescue her, she's kind of this, like modest like hey kind of please get me out of here it's it's that old trope that you know you always need to save the princess um and this one she doesn't start out in trouble uh mild spoiler i guess um so it, it gives you this like little like you can you can kind of see who she is per se she's not a very trusting person it's a nice little uh words realism realism yes yes thank you 
I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I kind of like the way they kind of did this because it's like uh, I don't know who you are and stuff. Wait a minute. You kind of relate to kind of uh, what I've what my um, prophecy was kind of leaning towards. And then she kind of explains everything. Um, this is kind of your first actual introduction uh, of Ganondorf, but he's not in a dark kind of sense. Uh, I find it interesting how they take your enemy and put him into... He, he kneels before the king right off the bat, kind of showing a submissive stance. Uh, but at the same time, he's got the, everything kind of at the ready, so he's ready to also defend himself. Um, I don't know why I picked up on that as a kid, but it really always stuck out to me. Uh, what do you guys think of the, that kind of visual storytelling while at the same time being subtle about it? Yeah, it's really interesting. I never even thought about that, noticing that he had his hand on his sword the whole time when he was actually like kneeling and started being like subservient but yet ready to it. Yeah, I didn't really notice that until you just mentioned it. Uh, I think it's about to come up uh, in your in your playthrough there too. If you wanted to to witness it there, <laughs> that's awesome though. I mean, again, it's just those small things that the 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 game developers and the story writers and stuff like that had included in this game. It's just phenomenal. Uh, what was your thoughts on that, Ben? I I agree. Like, uh, if you remember, like I said, I had nightmares from this game. That's mm. a um. It's a very interesting take, because you're like, I know he's the bad guy. Uh, the game said so at the beginning. Like, he's standing there menacingly, and I'm scared. Like, it, it's it's an interesting point of view. Kind of shows that even your enemies can be real. Kind of shows that uh, little subtlety about that. Yep. And just, like, the power he, he kind of extrudes at that time, too. Like, you know, that time where he's knelt, and all of a sudden he looks right over at you. Like, he knows you're there. Yeah. And he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other part that's uh, very interesting is um, you have all these major characters kind of slowly building onto the, uh, the world's lore about it. Uh, right now... Zelda is telling you the parts the Deku Tree didn't know about, how the royal family is keeping everything a secret. They know about uh, where everything is. Um, I loved that they give only certain characters give you parts of the information. Um, I find that Kaporo Gaboro was kind of more added in as uh, to kind of fill in the gaps because it didn't make sense for any other NPCs to kind of explain that the stuff that he explains to you. Um, what do you guys think of that particular type of storytelling? Or uh, what do you think of how they decided to do it here? Or uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 oh, go, go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say, being able to have to piece everything together because only certain people have like um, their version of the story or what they know of the story. Um, so you're going to have to like ask everybody. So you're going to have to know what everybody's going to have to know to piece everything together. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it keeps the game interesting. It, again, it, it just it, uh, just pushes that more for exploration. Look at everything. Talk to everyone because you never know who what part of that story that they're going to add to that you may need to find something or what you're going to need to know later on. It kind of adds like a little extra little thing. In the uh, castle town, did you run into the two twins in the red and the blue shirt who are kind of talking with each other? They're, they talk about the rumors of the castle. Uh, they actually talk about Ganondorf a couple times before you even come up here. 
I don't think I uh, did. did you... It's it's very interesting that the, even you have your side characters like that kind of spill something about a character that you have that you've had little interaction with. There there was a particular lady in in uh, the castle town that uh, had a particular like wealth of knowledge of the kind of the lore that was going on anyway and she was again like hey don't tell anybody it's like you're in the middle of town square you're telling everyone (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a kid (laughs) why are you telling me this (laughs) but again it just uh lets you know that this is a living breathing town in this castle the people know that there's something going on and only a few people may know or may not know exactly what's going on <laughs> um i guess for you doom the next part coming up you've you learned your very first song of this game um did you play with the ocarina before this uh i i have kind of experimented around with it and stuff like that and like other people's playthroughs um <laughs> just because i always thought it was really cool like there was a lot of people that could do like really neat things with the ocarina or whatever um i've always been fascinated with this play mechanic in this game on how music and stuff like that um uh, interacts with everything in this game um, I'm a big fan of music, and, and I think music heals a lot of things and lets you express a lot of things that, you know, sometimes words aren't able to. Um, that's why I really, really like that in this game, that, that, that music is going to play a huge part in this world and uh, the way it revolves around the adventure and everything else like that. I, I thought that was really cool. Thinking back, Ben, uh, if you remember your first playthrough, what do you re- what was your thoughts on the ocarina? And what do you think about it now in your new playthroughs? That's a good question. Um, I always enjoyed. I always uh, like, even in the context of this game, the this the music that com- comes out of it is almost relaxing. Hmm. Um. So I've always appreciated that. I mean, even years later now, that opening sequence where Link is riding through Hyrule field on the horse that is just so calming so and the fact that some of the songs even use that calming uh calming essence i guess what i'm trying to say um it it it, it's appreciative especially with considering what's going to happen later in the game and i'm gonna try not to spoil uh, so I apologize to him if I do, <laughs> but it, totally it's, okay. it, it gives you that sense of, uh, you can still calm things down and you can still, no matter what's going on, you can still use music to calm yourself, I guess. Even though the world's in chaos, you can still use music to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Or even use as yeah. a beacon of hope. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, so fun, uh, you mentioned the, uh, starting screen music. Did you know there's actually a little Easter egg with the opening scene, uh, opening music? Uh, it's a Super Mario Brothers 3, right? Super Mario Brothers 3 and the original, uh, Legend of Zelda. When you use the warp whistle, that is the exact sound. That whistle, it's just yeah. drawn out, but it is the exact same tune. The da-da-da-da-da-da. That's yep. so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, I do too. No, that's great. 
Um, so yeah, you uh, you also get to meet Impa. Um, I found it very interesting that they the way they portrayed Impa, um, very very strong character, kind of just shows you the way things are. What do you guys think of the way they they brought Impa in? Oh, it just uh, having been a, a recurring character. Uh, well, this is my first interaction with her, so I just assume you know that's that person that's like, yeah, you see that girl? You don't mess with her. If you do, you're gonna have to deal with me. Like, I'm going to be nice yep. to you now, but <laughs> you mess up. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how they, they, even just with the general body language, even just in the kind of the, the scene that we have uh, on the video there, the body language is basically, yeah, I'm, you, you, get, you better be careful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, what do you guys think? Uh, do you. What do you guys think about ending kind of this current episode here? And then we'll start uh, off with entering Kakariko Village. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any final things you want to touch on before we close up? I can't think of anything. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> this is just going to be a great experience. I'm, I'm looking forward to, the, to, del- to delving deeper into this game with you guys so yeah really looking forward to the experience good all right i guess we'll close off uh ben where can we find you and where can we uh hear from you uh well you can find us here on twitch at twitch.tv backslash uh the gaming avengers um with the z at the end uh you can also find us on twitter and instagram at the Gaming Avenge 2 without the E on Twitter and Instagram. I believe it's just The Gaming Avengers with the Z. And Doom, where can we find you? Uh, you can also find me at Twitch TV uh, backslash uh, Engel Doom. Uh, and you can find most of my socials there. You can find me on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter under the same Engel uh, uh, Doom. Uh, so just kind of type in those and you'll find me there. Uh, you can also find me uh, periodically over at the CR Game Room as well. So that's twitch.tv backslash CR Game Room. Um, but yeah, that's usually where you'll kind of find me stomping around at. <laughs> <laughs> And as for myself, you can find me at Twitch TV as well, TubaSwan, one word. Uh, that is the same handle for all of my social media platforms. Excuse me. Nice. <laughs> um, thank you guys for uh, doing this uh, joint project. Uh, I'm having a great time with it. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Uh, yeah, it's great being able to uh, play this game once again. Um, I find myself playing this at least once every one or two two years at least, doing a full run of it. Um, so to be being able to share that experience with you guys at the same time is a, tons of fun for me. 